Hello and welcome to the Covenant Eyes podcast. I'm your host, Karen Potter, joined by my co-host, Brandon Clark, and we are so glad to have you with us today. Yeah, we sure are, Karen. How are you today? Oh, not too bad. How about you? Good. I'm doing great. I'm so excited for our guest today who we'll introduce and get into in just a moment. You know, I do want to shout out to our listeners, though. If this is your first time listening to the Covenant Eyes podcast, first of all, welcome. We're so glad that you're with us today. And uh, just to tell you a little bit about the podcast, we talk about tough topics like pornography But the great news is we don't just present the problem, we have solutions. So we have a a wide array of professionals each week joining us, uh, like our guests today, who share must-have resources and tools to really battle this important uh, problem in the church. Absolutely. And before we introduce today's guest, I do want to just remind everyone out there that We need your help in sharing the word about the podcast. You know, we bring on these amazing guests with awesome resources, but we need you to share that with other people because if we're going to see change in culture, we've got to be that change. So help us by liking our show, subscribing, and then sharing with your friends and family. Yeah, and I'll just add here too, Karen, that for our listeners today, we do have a free 30-day trial of the Covenant Eyes software. So it's a great opportunity if you're you're listening, maybe you you know a little bit about Covenant Eyes, have never given it a try, to begin living a life of accountability. And we all need it, right? We all need that accountability in our lives in many different areas. And you've got nothing to lose to try it for 30 days. So just visit our website, covenanteyes.com, and then you can enter the promo code free podcast. That's all one word, free podcast at the checkout. Awesome. Well, for today's topic, we have a pretty exciting topic. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce uh, the topic and our guest. So we've got The two reasons we struggle with porn as the conversation for today's podcast. I'm super excited to jump into that. We're looking forward to this conversation with one of the best guys out there. You come highly recommended. Sam Black and the Covenant Eyes gang here is just singing your praises. So I'm so honored to have you on the show, Dr. Eddie Caparici. Did I say that right? Caparici, yes. Caparici. It's a lovely name. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But Dr. Eddie is a Christian counselor. He's a coach, a certified, he's certified in treating problematic sexual behaviors. He has worked with professional athletes, television personalities, um, are among some of his best clients. He is a creator of the inner child model for treating problematic sexual behaviors, a unique approach that focuses on identifying and resolving childhood pain points and teaching individuals how to process emotional distress in healthy ways. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. Karen, I I should add, too, he's the author of several books, including Going Deeper, How the Inner Child Impacts Your Sexual Addiction, Why Men Struggle to Love, Overcoming Relational Blind Spots, and Removing Your Shame Label, Breaking from Shame and Feeling God's Love. He's also the administrator of two blog sites, menagainstporn.com and Sexually Pure Men, and he's the host of a monthly webinar, Getting to the Other Side. Uh, Dr. Eddie Caparucci, how do you have time for all that? 
oh, I got to tell you, it's kind of overwhelming that you guys throw that all at me. And I realize now how busy I am. Uh, well, my wife, my wife will say, and she does say this, she says this all the time. She goes, I think you're the busiest man in the world. Um, she may be close. I may be close. I think there's some other people in front of me, but you know what it is? It's that it is the passion and drive I have for this. Um, I would, I'll get very quickly. Um, I struggled with uh, my, with my own sexual addiction growing up you know, as a child, teenager, young adult. And when I finally, when I hit about, uh, I was almost 40, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I went and I did the work. It uncovered that my, my main problem was not, you know, the sexual acting out. My main problem was I had an attachment disorder. I was in avoidant. I had one foot in, one foot out of every relationship I was ever in. And so therefore, you know, I needed to work on that. As I worked on that, I met my current wife, that was like 25 years ago, who was a very strong Christian woman. I was what you call a passive Christian. I went to church on Sunday, threw my money in the collection pot and walked out. Not her, she knew scripture, she knew all of that. And that was part of transformation that I made, working with a lot of other wonderful mentors and men over the years that got me to understand what does it really mean to be, have a relationship with Christ. But with that, what happened then, because I was in corporate America, I was a marketing and advertising executive, God comes and says, hey, guess what? You know, Eddie, we're not doing this anymore. I got something else for you. I'm like, no, 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 no. That wasn't part of the deal. I'm putting it close to you, but, you know, I don't, what is this about? Well, he led me into this ministry of Christian counseling, and that was about 12 years ago. And I went back to school, got my master's did all the uh, work I needed to do for the state. And then the rest is history. He has blessed our ministry beyond anything I could ever imagine. It's so wonderful and amazing because I get to see God at work every day. What an amazing story. Oh my gosh. Isn't it great how God just, you know, you're doing your thing and then he's like, nope. Something different. I think all of us kind of have that that same story of how, you know, especially for me, how I came to Covenant Eyes. Like, it's just amazing. So with that, let's jump into to today's conversation a little bit. Let's begin with a brief overview of what the two reasons are that we struggle with pornography. Yeah, basically, Karen, uh, what I believe is that first and foremost, it is unresolved childhood pain points. These are scars that we carry with us, whether it be from actual trauma and or neglect that have never really been resolved. And what we've done for the most part, if we press these pain points that we have, we, we're not really even aware that they exist. However, they become activated by daily occurrences that happen in our lives and therefore increasing our level of discomfort. And the second point that, you know, I believe is the reason why we struggle with sexual addiction is because we don't know how to sit with emotional distress. No one ever taught us any, and this is all addictions. This is anyone who has an addiction is going to struggle to sit with emotional pain. Because by if you have that emotional development in which you can sit with your distress, you can then sort through it and become rational about it and then make healthy decisions. 
Well, anyone who deals with addiction, they don't make healthy decisions. And it all starts with that inability to sit with that emotional distress. And what they do, because they can't sit with that, they run. And where do they run? They run to whatever their addiction is. And in this case, what we're talking about today is sex. Yeah, I can see a lot of that play out in my own life as you describe those things and, and walk through. You know, one of the things I think about, you talked about childhood pain points. You know, when I was working through my own struggle with pornography, Eddie, I could see that in my examination of my family of origin, I had a lot of unresolved things. And so I'm curious, how do people go about identifying those unresolved childhood pain points you mentioned? That's a great question, Brandon. And what we do uh, using the inner child model, what I've done is I've identified nine, nine reasons why men abuse sex. And I say men, even though I know women also struggle because I work with men. So I have people to forgive me when I use the you know, pronoun he and she, he you know, or him. But basically, what are the nine reasons? And this is what I came across in my work and in my studies and my research of working with my clients. Um, and with those nine reasons, I turned them into children nine inner children. And the reason I did that was because I also believe that one of the biggest deterrents for getting someone to learn how to manage their addiction is shame. Shame is a, is a stumbling block, a major stumbling block. So what I did was, and this was not my original idea, this was something somebody developed 25 years ago, is I externalized the addiction. So therefore, my client are not a sex addict. My clients are a prince of the king. The sex addiction issue lies with our inner child who houses all of the pain points that we have. And what was so incredible when I first launched this and introduced it to my uh, client, it was just, you could see the sense of relief that they had that was like, oh my gosh, you know what? I can do that. I can help this kid. I can nurture him. I can help him walk through all of this. And because now what we've done is I've externalized that crippling shame that they deal with. So that part of what we do, we go in and we look at each of the nine children. For example, there's the need for affirmation, the um, need for control, the unnoticed child, the entitled kid, the early sexually stimulated and abused child, the stressed child. There's nine different uh, traumas or neglect that these kids deal with. And so the clients go in, they look at what's the background for each of these kids. What was the environment they were raised in? What were some of the things they may have gone through that led to them developing maybe perhaps this, you know, I, I'm not noticed, I'm invisible. The new, you know, the negative narrative they develop. And then what they do, they go through them and they pick out the ones that resonate with them. And But that's not the most important part of all of this. Because see, after they pick the kids and they can pick anywhere, they usually get anywhere from four to six. But what's really important is what are the core emotional triggers that activate that child? So therefore, again, the idea of the child who doesn't feel noticed. Well, I feel invisible. You know, I don't matter. 
So now any event that happens in their lives today that they get the message or the idea, you don't matter. And again, probably not even what's really happening. Their inner child becomes activated and now their, their, their desire to want to run off intensifies. That's really interesting. I, you know, and it kind of, uh, it just kind of makes me think about, you know, when you're trying to address really tough issues like addiction, whether it's pornography addiction or another type, kind of setting that aside. I like how you use that child kind of model because it's like, it sets it aside so that you're not labeling yourself. Like I'm the sexually addicted person. It's like, this part is the sexually addicted, you know, this child, this whatever, you know, and so then you can address it a little differently because shame is just a dirty, horrible, hefty weight that we carry around. And once we address that and we don't let that burden us, we're able to find some freedom and we're able to address those top, tough topics. Right. At least in my life, that's how it's worked. Right. And part of that, Karen, is that we need to educate people that what their problem is, they have an addictive brain. We have an addictive brain. That, and why? Because we can't sit with our pain. So therefore, we need to wind up going to get something to soothe ourselves, whether it's food. And, and many people who deal with a sexual addiction also deal with other types of addictive behaviors too, okay? Especially the younger ones now who are also dealing with the video game addictions on, on top of the sexual addiction. Some have a food problem with that. Others have alcohol, drugs. There's, many things that you can think about, but it'll all go back to that inability to sit with the distress that is caused by the unresolved childhood pain points. So how does one work through that portion of it, the, the emotional uh, distress and being able to learn to sit with that and process those emotions? That, <laughs> Brandon, that is a big hurdle for most people because people come into my office and you know what I usually do after maybe second third session I said you know what I want to do I just want to sit here for a few minutes I just want to sit they go out of their mind you could see the leg bouncing up and down you could see the fact they're looking all over you're looking at their watch they can't just sit so I have to teach them it's okay to just be still. And, and when we do that, then what we do is there's a six-step process of the inner child uh, program. But what you're talking about here, we start at step four. And that is looking at what I feel versus what is real. And in most cases, what you feel versus what is real are two very different things. What I feel, okay, driven by emotions, and in many cases, for someone who has an addiction, they're adolescent emotions, okay? They're not very rational. They're not very well thought out. So what we need to do is get them to slow everything down. Uh, that's the one thing I try to drill into my client constantly. You need to slow down, especially when you start to feel that little bit of discomfort in your life. Take a moment. What are you feeling? Go through that. You know what? I feel, I feel like I've been neglected. I feel like I don't really matter right now. I feel like nobody really cares. Okay, fine. Sit with that 
for a moment, feel it. But now let's move away from the adolescent thinking and the inner child and let go to the adult or the wise mind. And it is, okay, what's really happening? And then we sit there and we evaluate and we look at the circumstances for what they could be. Because many times, again, what I'm feeling does not accurately portray what has happened. And if I can now rationalize my emotions, I definitely have slowed everything down. And therefore now I can most likely make a healthy decision. Dr. Eddy, I am so curious as to, you know, in a world where it's instant gratification, nonstop, I, you know, and especially for younger people, but I, I would say that us older people are probably in that boat as well, or at least I am. Um, you know, we just can't sit like how that has got to be something you must work with your clients on, on a regular basis, because as a society, we are not good at sitting still or being silent or, or feeling emotion. I mean, when we get bored, what do we immediately do? We turn on Netflix or we get on our phone and go to Instagram or, you know, Facebook or whatever it is. Um, so just, you know, can you speak to that a little bit of like yeah. how technology has really like impacted this ability oh, for us? It is, it is made our lives changed tremendously, okay? And you're talking to a guy who I grew up, there was no internet. I grew up, you know, cable TV just came in when I was like 16 years old. I mean, we didn't have cell phones. We, we didn't even have answering machines at one time. You had to call somebody, you got them or you didn't get them, and you just went. It was all snail mail. There was nothing else, okay? It was a very different type of life. And yes, Technology has changed all of that. But when we're looking to break free of our addictive behaviors, we need to be open to changing everything. Everything. It is about the transformation of the heart. And with that comes new behavior pattern. And therefore, and again, what does, what does scripture tell us? To be still. Why do I want to be still? Because by being still, it gives me an opportunity to wind up hearing and understanding what God wants for me and my life, the direction I should be taking. We need to learn to discern. Discern is not a word everybody throws out there anymore because we're just too reactive with what we do. So therefore, I, again, the idea of we need to make the commitment to change. And what that comes down to a lot of times is, okay, you know what, let me, let me slow things down. And you know what, maybe what I could do is just start off with, I'm going to put on my headphones and I'm going to listen to something, a very quiet kind of music. Nothing loud, no rap, none of this, very quiet music. And just to be able to sit for at start with five minutes and then move to 10. Move to 15. If you get to 15, that's, you know, good. You're gone. Don't worry. You can go ahead, go back and do what you're doing. But we need to be able to take that time. But more importantly, we need to be able to stop when we're starting to feel ourselves distressed. I'm sure you guys have heard about the book, you know, The Body Keeps Store, right? What did it talk about? It talks about the fact that our body, if we listen to it, is a wonderful guide that can keep us grounded and keep us from being reactive 
but more so become responsive. That is so awesome. And I love the fact that you brought up, you know, listening to the voice of the Lord. There's a, a friend of mine who uh, had a friend who he was going around and he had this, uh, it was either the five or the seven minute challenge. And the challenge was, I challenge you to sit in silence for five to seven minutes. Put away your phone, put away everything. Just try to shut off your mind. And he said, the encounters people were having were quite incredible because they were in a place to be able to receive the the voice of the Lord. And so I, I just love what you're talking about with that. And I wonder if you can just speak to, for our church leaders or and uh, those who, you know, maybe have men's ministry groups, different stuff like that, if you can speak to them about, you know, the importance of being able to address the two things that we've talked about today, the the childhood pain points and the ability to process that emotional stress and struggle. Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up, Brad. It is such a critical issue, and I'm sure you're going to have many people on your podcast for months and years to come that are going to be parroting what I'm about to say. And that is our churches need to step up. All right. The problem, as you guys well know, is that pornography impact the believers on the same level that it does non-believers. Look at the numbers. They're about the same that we look at, you know, those who are struggling. And if there's too many too many pastors in our church that are just silent. So I'm going to say something that's going to be incredibly um, controversial. Part of the reason I think some are drunk or uh, silent is because I think there are many who struggle. I think they struggle. In fact, I know they struggle because I have worked with many pastors over the years. And with that comes their own shame. Because, you know what, I should know better. I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to be different. I'm supposed to be set apart. And if I say to them, I go, no, you're just a man, like all of us. Okay, yes, yes, you, you, you're more perhaps in tune in being able to hear God. And he gives you the words, he gives you the wisdom to be able to communicate messages that impact all of us in a wonderful way. I go, but you're still just a man. And you're going to have your weaknesses. You're going to have your faults. So therefore, you have to address them the same way anyone else does. So I think that's part of the reason. But to answer your question, is that the church does need to be very active. Men's groups also. Do you know what? You look at it, alcohol, drugs, food, you know, they all have a little bit of a stigma to them but nothing has the stigma that a sex addiction has. I mean, because then people are looking at you like, oh, what have you been doing? What have you been up to? Are you safe to be around me? Are you safe to be around my wife? You know, it gets all into that depth. And yet many of the guys who are saying this are also guys who are struggling themselves. So the church has to step up. They have to understand this is an epidemic. Uh, it is going to get worse because the last two generations have grown up with internet. You know, porn is readily available. We are teaching little boys it is okay to objectify little girls. 
But worse yet, and Karen, you would really, I think, really appreciate this. We're teaching little girls that it's okay to be objectified. That is horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. The church has to step up. Parents have to step up. And schools have to step up. We all have a say in all of this. Because if not, we are going to lose a generation of people who are going to grow up and they're going to be emotionally undeveloped. And we are going to see chaos like we've never seen before when it comes to relationships. So I'm going to step off my soapbox now. Oh, no, that was a great soapbox to be on. So absolutely great information there. And, you know, at Covenant Eyes, we strongly believe that pastors and leaders, you know, it really is that important. You've got to address this issue. You know, we like to call it the elephant in the room. Uh, you know, it's the, it's the thing everybody knows is there and nobody wants to talk about. But we know the world is going to talk about it. So if we don't fill that void, somebody else will. Instagram will. Snapchat will. TikTok will. You know, Pornhub will. So we have to address this issue. It is just yeah. so important. And that's why um, I appreciate I appreciate you guys and the work that you're doing. to covered our eyes all together. But even with the podcast, you're getting the word out there. You're giving people an opportunity of a place that they can go for answers. They can go for real help. I was, I went on, um, I'm not a Reddit person. I've actually never really been on it, but I went on it a couple of days ago because I try and do some research for a book. So I went on a couple of sites that were sex addiction and I was just flabbergasted at the number of people on that site, both men and women, that were so filled with self-loathing and were like of this mindset of, I don't know what to do. I have no idea how to get rid of this. I, I've tried, I've tried, and therefore you have to, we have to make sure that we continue this message and it has to be broad, it has to be loud. And you know what? If somebody doesn't like it and they're feeling, you know, embarrassed by it or whatever, sorry, I'm sorry I'm doing that to you. But you know what? We're gonna be saving people by reaching out this way. Oh, you bring up such a good point. Like the world is talking about this in ways that, and especially the younger generation, they're not ashamed to talk about these topics. But the problem is, is that the church isn't there to provide answers. And so they're seeking those answers in places like Reddit and communities on there. And sometimes the advice is good and sometimes it's not. And this is an opportunity for Christians to engage, you know, with people. I mean, this is a great way to reach out into our communities and offer wisdom and advice and we might not have all the answers but we can point them to people like yourself and other organizations that have programs that can help people get the treatment and the counseling and the tools and resources they need to be successful i think that brings up a good point too so if any of our listeners eddie wanted to learn more uh, about what we've talked about or maybe even check out some of your books what can they do to get in touch with all the, that uh, there are a couple of places. One, they can go to, if they want to talk about what we were talking about before, the two drivers, the, you know, unresolved emotional pain point, childhood pain points, and inability to sit with emotional distress. That's found in my book, Going Deeper, How the Inner Child Impact Your Sexual Addiction. And I have a website. It's uh, www.innerchild-sexaddiction.com. So again, inner child dash sexaddiction.com and there there are a bunch of resources that are on there and there's actually even for those people who will struggle to uh, perhaps be able to afford 
counseling, okay, especially with someone who's certified in this area. I, cre I cre uh, created a 12, 12 part program. They're an hour each and they walk you through, through the entire inner child process. It is like $340. It's like what would cost you for less than two visits. Um, and the other book that's out now is Why Men Struggle to Love, Overcoming Relational Blind Spot. And people can find out more about that. They go to www.strugglingmen.org. Uh, again, that book is more about what we do after we've learned to control and manage our sex addiction. There's a lot more that needs to be done. We have to do the transformation of the heart. And therefore, those are what the 14 blind spots are. Those are the things that prevent men from having very good and successful relationships. And for all of our listeners out there that are panicking to find a pen as they're driving to write down all these <laughs> websites, don't worry. We will put them in the show notes. So when you get home, just jump onto your favorite podcast site uh, and just find the show notes. We'll have links to all of Dr. Eddie's uh, websites, links to his books, and so you can get connected. And that course sounds fantastic. You're right for the price that uh, that course is. That's two sessions. So, my gosh, what an investment into yourself and into your journey. Yeah. So, thank you. Um, You're welcome. We really appreciate this conversation, Dr. Eddie. This has been really insightful. We're going to have to have you back because I feel like we just scratched the surface, and I would imagine that we'll get a ton of feedback from pastors and listeners. Uh, with questions for you. So we'll want to have you back and get some of those in front of you. Um, but from everyone here at Covenant Eyes, we do want to just kind of bring today's session to a close. Brandon, do you have any closing statements or anything you want to throw in? Yeah, I just want to say that uh, if you're really enjoying what we're talking about, please spread the words. Make sure you subscribe yourself so you can get the new episodes each week, but then spread the words. So, you know, the messages that we shared here with Dr. Eddie and all of the other great guests that we have on can can be spread far and wide. And then the other thing is we do have that free 30-day trial of Covenant Eyes software we're offering with today's show. So please just visit our website, covenanteyes.com. And then, as I mentioned at the beginning, enter promo code free podcast, all one word at the checkout. So thank you again, Dr. Eddie, and thank you everyone for joining us today. We'll see you next time on the Covenant Eyes Church Podcast.